Hey, good to see you guys. My name's Ben. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for alcohol. Good to see you guys this evening. Thanks. Let's pray, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thanks for tonight. Thank you for Celebrate Recovery. Thank you that you are in control of what's going on, and we are grateful for that. Each person that's here tonight is here for a reason, and so I ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would change our will, that we would walk out here different than when we came in, and it's because we interacted with you. So give us courage, give us hope, give us joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When I was about six years old, I think, maybe seven, I came up with a great idea. And even as I was looking over my notes, saying that out loud sounds not that incredible because there's a lot of things that can take place when you have great ideas when you're six or seven years old. (laughs) Needless to say, it had just rained in our street where I grew up a little bit in the town of Tracy the big town of Tracy, and there was a lot of water in the gutters. You know, the part where the street would end and the sidewalk would begin, the the gutters. I think they call them curb and channels, or curb and gutters, they call them, is the fancy name. But I thought it'd be a really great idea, after it rained, to ride my bike down the gutters. And as I was thinking about this this last week, I was imagining, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a bike. And I'm going to ride through the back door onto the stage. And then I started thinking, like, I'm not that young anymore. And I imagined myself trying to ride a bike. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And then I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll I'll just get a bike and I'll sit on the bike. And then I thought about trying to sit on a bike and talk at the same time. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then I even thought, maybe I'll get Scott to ride a bike to come through the thing. And I was like, maybe that's not a good idea either. And so I just decided to talk about it instead. So I know, put us all at ease because we probably would have been nervous of someone riding a bike on stage. But I decided to ride all the way to the end of the street and turn around and begin to ride down this gutter filled with water as it was raining. And so I just took off riding my bike as fast as I could as a six-year-old and watching the water just fling into my face. And I thought it was incredible. It was fascinating to me. Just riding down as fast as I could and seeing the water spray all over me. I imagine the neighbors were probably thinking, hey, isn't that Randy's kid? What's, What's wrong with them, man? But I was, it didn't bother me. I just kept on riding as fast as I could down this gutter just enjoying the water spraying all over me. Well, I'm sure you can imagine something bad's gonna happen. About two-thirds of the way down, I did not notice that one of our neighbors was backing out of the driveway. I mean, what kind of car drives on the road when it's raining anyways? And so there I am pedaling as fast as I can with my head just down, watching the water spray up into my face and making sure I stay right in the middle of the gutter. And what happens? Sure enough, the back tires hit the street and I slam into that car and I go flying right over the top of it. It probably actually looked a little something like this. I think we got a little clip to see. Hi. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, yeah, I looked a little different than that. I think, you know what, why don't we watch that again? Let's watch that again, that's pretty great. (laughs) 
You know what? Why don't we watch that in slow motion? Can we watch that in slow motion? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Yep, 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 yep. Head down, pedaling as fast as I can, oblivious to everything that was going on around me. A common story for most of my life, for a lot of my life. In my addiction, in my character flaws, in my defects, I focus only upon myself. My own needs, my own wants, my own desires, until smack right into a car, or into a wall, or a sinkhole, whatever type of metaphor you would like to use. If only I would have lifted my head up in time, I might have been able to turn, which, right, is the title of our lesson this evening. But I thank God now for that wall, or that car, for when my life came crumbling down, it was at that point that God began to change my life. And I had no other option than to turn my life and my will over to the care of him. And I don't know where you are in life right now. Maybe you're pedaling as fast as you can with your head down, just working the best that you possibly can. Maybe you've wrecked on your 10-speed already. Maybe you're not even moving at all. You're just sitting on your bike wondering, where should I go? Maybe you're riding backwards because you don't know what's to take place. I'd like to tell you tonight that there's a higher power who we believe to be Jesus Christ to celebrate recovery. And he wants you to experience freedom. He wants to set you on a course where you can lift your head up and if you would, pedal with confidence in your life. One other thought about that bike ride of death. That's what I call it now. Um, I don't know how I got home. All I remember is smacking into the car and then my life flashing before my eye. But come to find out from my dad is that the old man down the street who backed out in front of me walked me home. Probably terrified, I'm sure. Like, oh my gosh, I ran into this kid or this kid ran into me. But he either carried me home or walked me home. All I know is I was home and I was no longer on the ground and I no longer wanted to ride in the gutter ever again. And you know, I think God allows those cars or those walls to back up right in front of us. And he allows us to run into them, to hit a point when we're at our rock bottom. But he doesn't just leave us there. He picks us up and he walks with us and he carries us home. It makes me think of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 to 31. It says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disgraced by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk 
and not faint. In this small Old Testament passage, the nation of Israel was wondering where on earth God was because they were experiencing tremendous heartache and troubles and trials in their life. And the prophet says, have you not known? Haven't you heard? He does not grow faint. He doesn't grow weary. He, God, never suffers setbacks, although we do. And he helps those who do. We have all trusted in our own strength, I'm sure. But if you have not realized already, inevitably, our strength will fail. But as we turn to the Lord, he lifts us up. He will be our strength. And this message tonight is about turning our lives and our wills over to the care of him. And that's what step three of the 12 steps is. It says we made a decision to turn our lives and will over to the care of God. We've looked at step one already that says we finally admitted that we were powerless over our our life, over our compulsive behaviors, over our addictions, that our life's unmanageable. We've looked at step number two that says we have come to believe that something possibly could restore us to sanity and that something, that someone is God. And so we wrestle with this decision now to turn our lives and our wills over to him. But for this evening, I'd like to discuss how we do, how we do that to turn our lives and our will over to him. Um, And so in order for to do that, I always kind of go back to the definition of what does it mean to turn? What is a definition of turn? And and, uh, the definition fascinates me. It says the definition of turn is to move in a circular, circular, circular direction, wholly or partly around an axis or point. Isn't that great? We need to recognize who that point is. It's not me. It's not you. It's Jesus Christ. He's the point of our life. He is the point of everything. And that's who we believe our higher power to be here at Celebrate Recovery. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. And I think when we watched a video a few weeks back, he he brought this passage up. It says, he, or Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and him all things hold together. Are you getting the gist of it? And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself to all things whether on earth and heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Jesus makes it possible for us to experience peace with God, our creator, who created all that we see. We were created to live for him, and we have squandered that. Or I'm not going to throw you into the pot. I have squandered that in my life. But God, in his tremendous grace and mercy, gives us opportunity for a new life through his son, Jesus Christ. He is the point of our lives, the point of where we begin to turn. So we therefore turn away from our former way of life and we begin to walk towards Christ. And the Bible has another word for this. The Bible's word for this is repentance. To turn from one thing and to walk to another. 
If I had my head up on that bike, on the bike ride of death, I would have been able to hopefully turn, hopefully the right way, not with the car. Jesus lifts up our head so that we may see him and turn from our ways and follow him. This is why it says in Mark chapter one, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Lift up your head. The kingdom of God is at hand. Everything has been working towards this point in your life. Even though we may not like it, all things have been taking place for God to say, now I have you right where I want you because I am going to do a great work in and through you. And that may seem ludicrous to us at times, but for God, it doesn't. God looks at it as saying, this is just the steps that it's gonna take. So specifically then, how do we turn and repent of our former way of our life? Specifically, how do we do it? The Bible says by believing in our heart, and confessing with our mouth. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's through Christ that we find forgiveness, that we find saving. Some people think, man, isn't that narrow-minded? Isn't that just singularly focused? Yes, it is, because God doesn't want to mince words. God doesn't make it difficult for us to find true life and fullness in him and eternity. God makes it very simple. He says, it's through my son, Jesus. And the way you do it is confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. And so tonight, I don't want to waste any more time. If it is your desire, perhaps, and maybe you're wrestling with it, to turn your life over to him, to say, God, I want you to have my life, then I would encourage you to pray a prayer that I prayed many years ago, turning my life over to him. And so I'm gonna say that prayer, and what I'd like to do is just encourage you to close your eyes, bow your heads, and if it's your desire tonight to turn your life over to the care of God, the higher power that we have been talking about, then I encourage you right where you sit to pray this prayer as well. And God knows our hearts and our desires. And so let's do this. It says, God, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe to the best of my ability right now that Jesus came to this earth, died on a cross for my sins, that he was buried in a tomb and then rose from the dead. I want to turn my life over to you. Make me into the person you desire me to be. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that, and that's the first time you prayed that, or that's your desire tonight, that's awesome. Truly it is. Your life is forever changed. No one can take that from you. No one. It's a free gift that God gives to you. Therefore, no one can take it from you. No one can snatch it from you. Jesus says, you're in the grip and the hand of my Father and also in mine. No one can take that from you. You are secure in Christ. 
God has the ability to overcome the addiction, the sin, the dysfunction, the codependency in our life. Does it happen overnight? No, it doesn't. Is it easy? No, but it produces peace. It produces hope and joy that we have been looking for in many of the wrong places and people. So through Jesus, God picks us up off the ground from the car or the wall that we have ran into, and he provides hope and he provides direction. And our circumstances may not immediately change, but he allows us to overcome things with him. And there's no way, there's no better way to do this and to figure this out um, than being with him. Than being with him. Um, I'm gonna try to explain something the the best I can. And, And the person who explains it the best really is God. And so that's why I say, you know, I encourage people sometimes to read the Bible because in the Bible is where we find God. All our life, we've been reading things to find out information, right? That's what we've been taught growing up. And when we read the Bible, we're not trying to find just information. We're trying to find out about the author, the Lord. And, and so God does a way better job than I do explaining this, but I'm gonna give it a go just for our sake tonight and where we are as far as this lesson of turn. Um, as we begin to turn around the point or the axis of our life, and that being Jesus Christ, our life is changed. And for the rest of our lives and eternity, we now have a different destination, right? Heaven. Yet it takes time for our will or our ability to make meaningful choices to catch up. It takes a while for that will to catch up. All of our life, we have been making choices based upon our own needs, our own desires, our own wants. And now that our life has changed, our standing before the Lord, we have the ability, because of the Holy Spirit that we receive as the good deposit, to honor our higher power, Jesus Christ. It's pretty amazing. The Holy Spirit's residing in you. And you can honor God now with your life and the choices that you make. It's an incredible thing. And it benefits him It benefits you, and it benefits other people. Before Jesus, we made decisions, not we, I'm not gonna throw you into it. I made decisions that benefited myself. That's not the case any longer. But it takes time to learn that. It takes time to stop doing those things that we have done for years, years, and begin doing something new. I talked about it would have been great if I lifted my head up and turned at the last moment when I was riding towards that car. But I wonder if I would have been able to turn. Have you ever tried to turn when you're riding down a gutter in the street? Because it's got this big lip usually. Unless you're from the place where it's got the really sloped one. I didn't grow up in a place like that. It had just like the sharp lip. And whenever you try to turn right next to it, you just wipe out. You'd wipe out big time. In our life, we have created and formed habits or ruts or deep gutters, you could say. And it's very difficult to turn and to change those habits and those patterns that we have so ingrained in us. But because of Jesus, we have the ability to learn, to change, for God to establish new patterns 
and godly habits in our life. I think of the verse out of Hosea. I don't know if you guys read the book of Hosea often. It's a great book in the Old Testament. In chapter 10, verse 12, there is this verse. It says, I said, plant good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. An incredible verse that clarifies what we just talked about. We have been planting our own seeds for years and we have reaped what we have sown, haven't we? God says, break up that hard ground and start planting new seeds, seeds of righteousness. Being in his word, being with other people in places like this, being involved in our open share groups, being plugged into a place where you feel safe. It's where you can share what God is teaching and what God is doing in your life. Many of us may have surrendered or turned our life over to the care of God. But I don't know if all of us have turned our will over to the care of God. Or maybe we have done it from time to time, as I have in my own life. And perhaps we may need to do that. We need to declare to our higher power, Jesus Christ, that we want our choices, not just our life, we want all of our choices to honor him. Perhaps tonight we need to turn our wills over to him. And this may be a difficult part in turning or repenting and walking towards God. But I tell you, it is worth it. It is so worth it to see that lives can be changed because now your choices are honoring the Lord and the hope and the joy and the peace it brings in your life and your family's life and your friend's life and the people you work with, the strangers you meet at the grocery store, they come in contact with you and your countenance has changed. The word says we have the countenance of Christ in us. I don't know exactly what it means for you to hand over your will to him. I don't know the specifics right now, but I'm sure God brings to mind certain things when it talks about what is it in your life that you need to hand over to him in making those meaningful choices. Maybe it's instead of hiding things or the truth, we may need to be honest. (coughs) Instead of fearing change, we may need to embrace it. Even the fact of handing our life over to God It can be fearful because we don't know what it will look like exactly. And so for some reason, we would rather stay in our own dysfunction because we know what it's like, even though it's miserable, than possibly giving our life to Christ and experiencing something that is extraordinary. But fear sometimes grips us. Sometimes we need to let go of that. We need to embrace it. We may need to share our emotions instead of bottling them up. We may need to look for God's approval instead of the approval of others. Oh my gosh, I wrestle with that all the time. Today, in fact. We may need to embrace our weaknesses instead of acting like we have things all together. I'm sure no one else does that but me. We may need to pursue better relationships and not isolate Oh, but Ben, it's so much easier being by myself. Yeah, but God didn't design you to be by yourself. He designed you to be with people. We may need to choose not to gossip 
I won't even expand on that. We may need to take responsibility instead of blaming. We may need to speak up about our convictions and our desires instead of being bitter. <clears throat> we may need to choose to stay in our marriage instead of looking for ways out. We may need to choose to say the hard things in our marriage instead of dealing with the abuse. We may need to get help even though it may affect our marriage and our family. And we might need to admit that we have traded one addiction, addiction for another. If you find yourself tonight at a spot where you have not turned your will over to the care of God or you have said, God, I want to give you my life, but there are things that I'm trying to keep hijacked for myself to control. Maybe tonight's the night where God's saying, I want you to hand that over to me as well. I want all of you. I want all of you. If that's you, I just want to encourage you just for the next 10, 15 seconds, um, just wherever you're sitting, tell the Lord, God, this is what I want to turn over to you. Let's take that 10 or 15 seconds and do that. We're pedaling hard in life at times. Sometimes we feel like we're headed in the right direction. Sometimes we don't know where we're going. But if we lift up our head and allow God to show us the direction in which we should go so that no, we're no longer riding in the rut, but we're riding in the path that he's provided for us, man, I tell you, it's joyful. It creates wonder and awe. Yeah, there are difficult moments. There are moments when we question what God's doing. But at the same time, we look back after we've made it to a certain spot and we say, God, I would not change any day for a moment. I wouldn't change anything, God, because it's exactly how you designed it. And I am better today because of it. I'm going to pray for us in a second. Um, but the focus question for tonight, and it can be anything... Whatever God's laid on your heart, you share that in your open share group. But if there's something specific you're looking to answer, even for those listening online, what does it mean for you to turn your will and life over to the care of God tonight? What does it mean for you tonight? It could have meant something yesterday or the week before or when you first came into recovery four years ago or 28 years ago. <coughs> what does it mean for you tonight? What is the spirit placing upon your heart? I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna read the serenity prayer. God, watch over these folks. Thank you for working in our life. Thank you for being a God who desires to care for us, to give us life. Thank you for giving us the ability to repent of the former way of life that we once walked in and walk in something brand new. Incredible, incredible that you allow us to have that privilege. So God, give us a great night. Help us to reflect upon you and what your spirit's doing in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and read the serenity prayer together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, 
taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen.